Lord Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, mighty God. You say in your word that where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in their midst. Thank you, Father. Thank you for clarity. Thank you for simplicity. Thank you, Lord, that there is no confusion here. Thank you, Father, that all things are spoken clearly for all to understand and for all to see your will, your purpose, your plan for our lives in this time. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we present our hearts unto you, O God, that there may be enlightenment, that, O God, we may see things as you see them. In the name of the Lord Jesus, in this place, in this environment, you are glorified and we are edified. In Jesus' name, amen. You may take your seats. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Greetings, church, in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. Greetings, church, in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Uh, it's an honor for me to be in the house of the Lord today. Praise be to God. David says that I was blessed, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Praise be to God. He says that in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Praise God. It's an honor. And I want to thank the senior pastor and the leadership of uh, people's church for this opportunity praise god amen shall we go into the word amen i'm one who's not very good with uh, you know, protocol and so on so i i try very hard to make sure i do that well praise god amen let's go today we'll be talking about our identity in christ praise god identity in Christ. Uh, I wrote here that at the core of our existence, what do we base our identity on? What drives our sense of value? Do we measure our worth based on the family we come from, the education we have, our race, our looks, our finances, careers, social status, where we were born maybe, your dress code maybe. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. So it's, it's, it's a question I'm hoping we would be able to answer today. What do you base your, um, your, what's your value system? How does your value system look like? Praise be to God. What makes you, you? Praise be to God. Why do you do the things that you do? Why do you go to the places that you go to? Praise God. And then I said here that in order for us to live a purpose-driven life and fulfill the call of God over our lives, we must, we must know who God is. And we must also know what he has freely provided to us in Christ Jesus. It is only then that we can stand our ground and walk in the victory that we already have in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So we are saying that for us to, to live in the fullness of all that God has planned, purposed for us to walk in, for us to be number one, at the first instance, we are going to have to know who God is. Praise be to God. 
and that will be followed by and really it's not it's not as though it's number one then number two but i believe that in knowing god you will be knowing yourself praise be to god hallelujah let's turn to our bibles amen, amen. let's go to the book of second timothy chapter 3 from verse 14 to verse 17 praise god but continue thou in the things which you have learned and you have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned them from, and that from a child you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen. Amen. Now, that portion of scripture, we find Paul, Paul who was an apostle, uh, he had planted many churches, and at this instance, he's talking to uh, his understudy, his, uh, his student, you may say, and uh, he says to, to Timothy that um, continuing the things that you have learned and you have been assured of, knowing of whom you have learned from. It's as though he's saying to him, I have been an example for you to follow. Praise be to God. That there are things that you have learned, continue in those things that you have learned. And then he, he doesn't just leave it to the experiences that he might have had with uh, Timothy. But he says to him that you have known the Holy Scriptures. You have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise. He's saying to, to Timothy that um, the, the, the basis, the foundation of what we believe in is the Scriptures. Praise God. Because really... The knowledge of God, the knowledge of who God is, how he works, or how he does what he does, and who he does it with, all that is enclosed or is covered in the scriptures. Outside of the scriptures, there is no knowledge of God. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. God cannot be known any other way outside of the scriptures. The scriptures are the material that God has given for mankind to know him, to know his plan, to know his purposes. The moment we go outside of the scripture, we are meddling with excesses. The moment our knowledge of God is limited or is defined by the experiences of others or our own experiences and they are not backed up by scripture, we are in error. Praise God. No matter how good those experiences may be. Amen. Glory to God. God is known from scripture. When Jesus, in the book of uh, Luke chapter 24, when Jesus um, joined the guys who were on the road to Emmaus, the Bible says that he began to explain to them the things concerning himself from Moses to the prophets. He limited himself to the ambit 
of scripture. He did not go outside of scripture. He did not say, remember Bartimaeus. He did not say, remember Lazarus. I am the one who raised him. No, he said, let's go back to Moses and the prophets. Scripture. If God is going to be known, it will be through scripture. Paul says to Timothy that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Meaning that scripture did not come by the willing or by the desire of men. But actually, scripture is God-breathed. Praise God. The men of old who wrote or who spoke, they did not speak as per the driving or the giving of their own will, but it was God moving over them that these things may be kept for you and I. I think I said this the last time I was here, that the scriptures were not written for you. They were not written for you, but in the scriptures we find that in them being penned and in these things being said, we find the message of God for everybody. Praise be to God. That no generation can say these things were said and they have nothing to do with me. No, salvation is salvation. You have to be born again. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. It was true when it was spoken. It is still true today. Praise be to God that you and I may not see our names in what is written, but the truth of it, the crux of the message that is found in the scriptures is for your benefit. It is as though in them God was speaking to that generation, but the message transcended or transcends the generation that he is speaking to, to speak to you. And that is the wisdom of God. That is the wisdom of God. That in the foolishness of preaching of the gospel, God is still speaking to you. As though at the time when these things were being spoken, you were there yourself. <laughs> Here the men that were on the road to Emmaus, when they were sitting in a, in, uh, and, and breaking bread, they say after their eyes were open and they saw that the men they were speaking to is Jesus, the Bible says that they say that were our hearts not burning within us as he opened the scriptures unto us. Where our hearts not, you see, this thing that we are talking about, young men, young women, this thing that we are talking about, we may not scientifically prove it to you, but it is real. It is real. The gospel is real. The blood of Jesus is real. The power of God is real. The things we are reading about in scripture, they do not, they did not die. The men who spoke them, the men who wrote them might be dead, long dead, but the message of the God they were speaking for and they were speaking about, he is still alive. He's still alive. I remember one man was speaking and he said that the generation, they call them Generation Z's. Are you X's or Generation Z? You don't know, my friend. You and I, we are, we are going a bit over them. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. He, he was saying that this generation, this generation Z, they need to know God's power. 
God's power. If you come with the dogmas of the Bible, they may not hear you. But when they see power, they will respond. And what is God's power? I'll tell you. God's power is when two men were, were going into the temple at the, at the ninth hour. And there is a man lame from his mother's womb. And he, he looks at them and he's expecting them to give him something. And they look at him and they say, silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And I, I like how Luke, Luke puts it. You see, Luke was a doctor. Luke understood that if a man could not stand up, could not use his ankle bones, he could not use his feet, it took some power to strengthen up his bones. And Luke now writes and he says that there was strength in his ankle bones. He stood up and right there, the man leapt up. That's what he says. He said he leapt up, meaning there was an injection of power. That's what this generation needs. Power. Power. Praise be to God. We can't do it. We can't do it with the dogmas of the Bible. No. Get into the power of the Bible. At some point, in, in Acts chapter 14, the Bible tells us that Paul was preaching at a place called Lystra. The Bible says that as he was speaking, there was a man, again, lame. This man had never, had never stood up, had never walked. And as Paul was preaching, the Bible says that Paul looked at him and he saw that the man had faith to walk. And right there, Paul said to him, rise up and walk. The man leapt up and he began to walk. Power. It did not end in the Bible. The same God of the Bible, he's still here today. And what I'm sharing with you today, it's actually how he works. You see, God is not working somewhere out there. But God is to work in his identification with mankind. Let me explain that. What I mean is that God needs a body to operate in. God needs a person to work with. God needs a person that he will talk through. That he will touch through. That he would go into places through. Praise be to God. He is not going to appear in places. He is not here on earth. He is not a legal entity. You and I are legal entities here. No matter how many times you can watch uh, zombie movies and so on, they are not real, oh. They are not real. You can't, move a, you can, you can't meet a, a, a zombie in pick and pay. It's not real. Why? It's not a legal entity here. Who's legal here? You and I. Those things that you, you say they are real, they start, they manifest through you. Amen. So if, it's, if God is real, how is he going to manifest? How is he going to touch the world? How is he going to change people? How is he going to heal? How is he going to raise the dead? How is he going to feed the nations? Thank you. 
He does it through you in his identification with us. Let's go to the book of Ephesians chapter 1. In the book of Ephesians, we find Paul. Paul is speaking to us. He says that blessed be God, verse 3. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. He says, blessed be God who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Now, help me, help me think. Sometimes, you know, when we read the Bible, we leave our minds somewhere. I don't know where. When he says spiritual blessings, don't see a cow. Don't see a car. Don't see a house. Don't see money. It will be counterfeit. The reserve bank must know it. So when he says, God, blessed be God, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, what is he speaking about? He is really saying to you that the things I am about to tell you, they come from the spirit it is the spirit who will do these things what does he do blessed be god who hath blessed us with blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in christ jesus according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world so what has he done he chose us in him it's as though you would say he set us apart in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. I'll appreciate some water. Thank you. That we should be without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Young men, marry well. <laughs> Amen. Alright, so he has predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of, of the glory of his grace, where he has made us accepted in the beloved. All these things are spiritual blessings. He has made us accepted in the beloved. He has chosen us in him before the foundation of the, the world. He has predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. Can you see? So he's saying what he's, he's, uh, he's counting or he's underlining that these are what will constitute spiritual blessings. He wants you to know that you are accepted in the beloved. He's saying to you, no, you are not trying to get into God. You know, sometimes we like saying things like, oh, you know, I just want to be a good Christian and just walk closer to Jesus. Brother, there is no walking closer to Jesus when he's in you. He must be in you. When you get born again, he's in you. You don't walk closer to him. He's in you. Re come to a realization that, hey, he's in me. I and him are one. We are one. So that's, that's what Paul, Paul is saying. Let's, let's go forward. Uh, accepted in whom we have redemption through his blood. We, we have the, the, the other important things with the writings of Paul, all of the epistles of Paul, you must pay attention to their tenses. Because you don't want to find yourself looking for what you already have. In whom we, we will have. We will have redemption through his blood, which is the forgiveness of our sins. Are we still to be forgiven? Has he forgiven us? 
Has he forgiven you? When, when we see it, when you see that my sins are forgiven, when you make a mistake, at that place, here is what you need to realize. Man is a spirit. He possesses a soul. He lives in a body. All right? Are you with me, church? Man is a spirit, possesses a soul, lives in a body. Now, when you get born again, the person that gets born again is you renewed in the spirit. The spirit man is new, like God, indwelled by God, the righteousness of God. Your mind, it's like a software. We need to renew it. We need to change how you think. When you do wrong, really it emanates from how you were trained. You respond to things from the perspective of how you were trained, your soul part. This is how you interact with the world you are living in. But what needs to happen is that the spirit of man has to take over. When the spirit of man has taken over, man's actions will be corrected from there. The things that you are attracted to, the things that you, you are prone to run to, you are doing it because you were programmed that way. That's why us sitting here, this is the training of God. You are being trained to what? To live from your spirit. You are being trained to respond to the issues of life from your spirit. Because the world you and I were born into, this world teaches us every day, every second of the day, teaches us to respond to circumstances the way everyone responds to them. If we want to see a change in how we respond to things, we need to go back to what? Your spirit man. Your spirit man. Because in your spirit man, God is there fully, complete. Never to be added on. Never to be increased. You are fully a child of God. Learn to live from there. How do you do it? The word of God. The word of God. You can go back to 2 second, second Timothy chapter 3. He says that the all scriptures are given by the inspiration of God. They are profitable for doctrine. What is doctrine? Doctrine is, is education. It's education. When we give doctrine, we are educating. Who are we educating? We are educating your soul to live from the spirit man. They're profitable. For doctrine, for reproof. What is reproof? Reproof is evidence. Evidence of God's plan. Evidence of God's purpose. Evidence of the doings of God. So the scriptures are for educating you to live from your spirit. Scriptures are given for you to have evidence. To know that hey, these things are real. And he says, they are profitable for 
correction. For correction. Meaning that I cannot miss my step when I have the scriptures. Then he says, for training in righteousness, that the man of God or the woman of God may be perfect. May work or walk rightly the scriptures. You can't do away with the scriptures. Christians, carry your Bibles. I know you have it on your phone. But carry it and read it often. Read your Bible often. If you can read, what's this? Is it blink list? You know, this summarizations of books. Like maybe I want seven laws of effective people. You want to read it in 30 seconds. Brother, start with your Bible. Start with your Bible. I'm not saying I don't read those things. I do I'm a businessman. I need that knowledge. Amen? But, read your Bible. Read your Bible. It will save you. <laughs> it will save you. Here in this life, we make mistakes many times. Sometimes, even the things we know very well that you should not do, you find yourself doing them. The only thing that can save you is God's word. It's God's word. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth looking for whom he may in most days. That is me. That is you. So when you read your Bible, when you spend time with God, what are you saying? You are saying I am a candidate today for that eye that is running to and fro. That, oh God, strengthen me. Oh God, I need your mercy today. Oh God, I need your grace today. Praise be to God. For us to wake up, walk into a day without spending time with God, we are like a soldier that walks out with a vest. No bulletproof. You'll die. You'll die. You need to cover yourself. Praise be to God. Because you don't know what you are going to meet throughout the day. Praise be to God. Amen. Let me try and finish this thing. Where are we? No, go back to, to, uh, to Ephesians. So now, Paul having numerated all this, he calls them spiritual blessings. Let's go to uh, verse 16. Then Paul says that now that I have showed you what God has done, the spiritual blessings, the things he has given us by the Spirit, in the Spirit, he says that now, here is what needs to happen. He says, I cease not to give thanks and to make him mention of you in my prayers. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. And what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and he set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places for above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and he has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now listen to Paul's prayer. Don't miss, don't miss what he's trying to do here. Paul is saying to you that all these things are encased in you. 
God is in you. God is at work in you. But this is what I pray for. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. What is wisdom? Enlightenment. Is it not? Enlightenment. The ability to see. The ability to, to use the resources that are given to you. Is it not so? It is, right? So, you, you, wisdom would be what I have, I can put to a, an efficient use. Praise be to God. So, Paul is saying, I pray that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know the hope of God's calling. What is the hope of God's calling? Is that he has already blessed you. Don't go looking for it. I've already done it. Walk in the fullness. Walk in that identity of what I have already made you. Praise be to God. He says that I pray that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may know the hope of his calling, the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? He's saying that power is already in the believer. It's already in the believer. The power of God today, it's not somewhere else. It is in the believer. It is right within the believer. Each believer can get or gain access to what is within them and begin to put it to work. When you read Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, the Bible says that, he says that, and God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you think or ask according to his power, which works where? In the sky. Where does it work? Which is at work? In you. It is in you. So, the power of God is within the believer. All the resources of heaven are within the believer. That's your identity. Work from there. Work from there. I said to, to the church in, in, in Pretoria, I said to them, and, and this is what the, you know, the, the, the leadership gurus will say. will say, work on yourself. Improve yourself. Because with who you are and what you are, you will get what you want. It's actually true. It's actually true. Invest in you. Because all that you need is within you. God's power is not yet to come. The very power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in the believer. The healing I need, the healing you need, is already in the believer. Work it out. Work it out. Work it out. The Bible says that it is Paul. He says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It is not to say that that salvation is far. It's within you. The things of God are within each and every one of us. Just take it out. How do you take it out? When we pray, we are activating what God has made available. When we are sitting here and the word of God is coming, we are activating what is already available. I am holding a mirror. What is this mirror? This is the word of God. The mirror of God is God's word. What does this mirror show you? Does it show you the sinful you? No, it's not supposed to do that. What this mirror does, it says, hey, you are like him. What you see in the mirror is what you are. Does your mirror, did it tell you something different today? You would not be here. Uh, am I right? 
your, your mirror gave you the confidence to say, now you can step out. You look good. You look fine. Didn't it? Huh? Did you see something different? The mirror shows you who you are, what you are. You walk out confidently because you thought, I'm smart. I'm okay. Let me go and face the world. The mirror of God's word does the same. It shows us who we are in him. That's our identity. What we see in the scriptures, we see what God has done. That I am not the weak uh, and the, uh, and the uh, you know, the, 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 the trying to get affirmation from this one, from that one kind of a person. No, I'm a child of God. I am accepted in the beloved. I am the redeemed of the Lord. I am the forgiven of God. When you stand in that picture, that's what God calls you. That's what God calls you. When we stand before him, we stand with the boldness and the confidence that God has already done what needs to be done for us to be saved. For us to be free from sin. Praise be to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. What stops you or you and I from sinning, it is not the reminder that I'm a sinner. No, it is the reminder that actually you are the righteousness of God. Actually, you are the righteousness of God. Actually, the things that you are grappling with and you are trying to fight off, this is not you, oh eagle. Start flying. Praise God. Hallelujah. So the picture that we have heard about ourselves is that no, this is where we are. This is life. This is how we do life. Uh -uh. Start seeing yourself the way God sees you. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, that as we behold, as in a mirror, the glory of God, we are being changed into the same image of that glory. We become what we see. When you see, you are that. When you see it, you are that. Glory to God. That there are certain things in your life right now, child of God, that should not be a struggle for you. They cannot be a struggle. Why? Because you have come to a place where you know who you are. You know, when, 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 when things happen and you're like, no man, you are bigger than that. Huh? Amen. You are smarter than that. Come on. You know? Amen. Glory to God. That's how we need to be. Why? Because God created us to be like him. Identified with him. Let's stand up on our feet. I'm done preaching. Just look at your life. May God open the eyes of understanding. This is my prayer. That we may know the hope of his calling. That we may know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That we may know that that power that raised Jesus from the dead is made available to us today. And we are defined by that power. Our identity emanates from knowing him. Daniel says something. Daniel says that they that know they are God shall be strong 
and they will do exploits. It's really because when we know God, we know who we are. Who we are is revealed. And that's what God wants you to know today. And I pray, I'm making this prayer for all of us. That give us the spirit of wisdom and, and revelation. That our eyes may be opened. That we may see who, who you have made us to be. We may see the greatness of God in and for us who believe. That we may see that he has raised us up with him. That we are seated with him in heavenly places far above all principality, all dominion. Nothing of this world can become a match to the power of God that is at work in you. I'll say it again. Nothing of this world can become a match for the power of God that is at work in you. He has raised you up with him. You are identified with him. Father, I thank you that your word is living, it is powerful, it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word pierces through to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit of the joints and the marrow. Your word is a discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. Thank you, Lord, that even in this morning, mighty God, that there is nothing hidden from you. Nothing is covered from you. All things lay bare. All things are open and naked before you, God. You know our yesterday. You know our tomorrow. You know the future just as well. You see the future just as well as we see and know the past. And oh God, even today, you are able to redeem, to save, to deliver, to heal. Even today, your power is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can think, all that we can ask, according to that power that is at work in us. And oh God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus that every heart that is present here, oh God, that you may work you may redeem you may heal you may save you may do what you only can do we pray in jesus name now in the same spirit with all our eyes closed if you are here and you are saying that pastor i want to have a relationship with jesus i want to make jesus the savior and the lord of my life i want you to slip up your right hand where i can see it so that i can pray with you so the bible says that with the heart, man believes, and with the mouth, we make a confession unto salvation. Just lift up your hands if you can, young girl. Say, Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today, I acknowledge, I believe with my heart, and I confess with my mouth. That you are Lord. And from today. I am born again. My life. Is yours. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise be to God. Shall we do the benediction together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Love of God. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now and forevermore. And surely goodness and mercy. Shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. 
Amen. God bless you.